cue the intro. <laughs> but you're not going to be jumping up and shouting, you know, suck my dick. I just brought the color red back to the world. Suck my dick. Yeah. (laughs) Bird. (laughs) Fuck you, eel. Yeah. Exactly. Now recording. Why, hello. Welcome to the Game Club podcast. Um, I am Zoe. That's Adam. Hi. That's McCoy. Oh, hey, what's up? That's James. Hi. And that's Gabe. Hello there. And we got the band back together again after a short little hiatus. But um, just wanted to just kind of figure out how everyone's week has gone. Anything of note they want to talk about in terms of how their week has gone. I mean, I know I, for one, have been obsessed with this YouTube channel lately called Girlfriend Reviews. I don't know. Have you guys heard of it? No. Yes. Are we we getting advertising revenue for that? (laughs) <laughs> have girlfriend no, reviews pay too. us to promote them <laughs> but no it's a quite awesome youtube channel that i have been obsessed with lately where it's just basically video game reviews but through the lens of a girlfriend watching her boyfriend play it as a backseat gamer and both of them are extremely witty and funny and comedic and really hilarious so i definitely recommend y'all check it out yeah, that actually, fun, I think, actually, I feel like Gabe and I had a conversation about this not so long ago when we were like walking to the corner store. We we're just like, that's one of those channels where you look at it and you just go like, God fucking damn it. I should have made that up. That was not hard. <laughs> that was for anyone to take like good on them a hundred percent. But like, damn dude, that, that, that low hanging fruit was literally staring me in the face for years. And I just was like looking past it. So good on them. I mean, I think it also helps that like they both have experience in both comedy and video editing because i think what makes their videos highly entertaining is just the video editing as well as the comedic timing for half of the clips that they use yeah and and since mccoy doesn't edit anything it wouldn't quite it probably wouldn't have worked as well and the (laughs) (laughs) no no totally though it would just be like it would just be a, a long video maybe about 30 minutes of there's like a game in the background and it's just Elena texting. <laughs> like, eh, this is fine. Like, <laughs> and you're like, hey, Elena, did you see that? And she's like, yeah, I did. That was great. <laughs> That's honestly not a bad impression. Of her. <laughs> Elena, when you watch, I'm not as good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, it just, it gets pressure. Anyways, when I, yeah. when I play games, um, people, well, when I was dating someone, uh, they would look at my face as I was playing the game because when like difficult sections would come up, I would be making this ridiculous face the entire time, and I wouldn't notice this because I'm focused on the game. Um, <laughs> so it would just be them reviewing my face, actually. Um, I mean, that is actually kind of like some of the jokes that they pull on this channel. It's just weird stuff like that. Like they'll talk a lot about like like the one with Smash Bros, right, where they were talking a lot about like what it is like when friends come over or whatever and you just get like completely ignored because smash was happening or whatever um but yeah it would be like a review of your face and that would be hilarious so adam if you want free youtube money just copy these people um get uh, yes. a, you know a sketch of your face money. maybe yeah quit your job and start youtubing full-time for 10 grand a year at most capitalists hate this one trick <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Dude, I'm gonna like come in uh, and just use my mother. 
because my mom likes to watch me play video games and it's just always so funny because she's like wait who's that character again <gasps> why'd you shoot him and i'm like he was trying to he had bounty on my head he wanted to kill me and she's just like oh but you should have reasoned with him and i'm like mom this is red dead redemption 2 there's no reasoning with these <laughs> yeah where's the reason button oh my god is this one of them nintendo yeah. it definitely is Oh, look, a Pikachu. Oh, another Pikachu. Mom, that's Rattata. <laughs> God, it's the Mom, rat don't Pikachu. Understand. Why are you killing all of them to get their experience? I need a stronger one. Like, what? Like, they're just in the wild. Like, no, yeah, my job is sort of an anti-environmentalist movement of just killing all the creatures I can in my way to get stronger. I love the Team Rocket as environmentalists reading of Pokemon. I don't think I've heard what of that this? reading. Uh, maybe, maybe this is wasn't a reading and it was more of like a, a um, alternate universe fiction, but it's just like Team Rocket is, you know, environmentalist PETA type people who are trying to stop the children dogfighting ring that's going on and everyone's <laughs> apparently okay with. But don't that's they hilarious. also fight their Pokemon as well? <clears throat> I mean, probably, but maybe they're freedom fighting Pokemon. Maybe they're actually working together. <laughs> <laughs> they're doing it for the cause. <laughs> that. That's really funny. That reminds me of um, this couple that I know that actually were instrumental in um, <clears throat> ending the uh, dog racing in Massachusetts. Oh, um, yeah, like the greyhound racing? Yeah. And they have like five greyhounds and like everyone on their street hates them. Uh, huh. But they're really nice to dogs. <laughs> How are they towards people? <laughs> judgmental (laughs) (laughs) honestly it's not good (laughs) they started a people racing ring like it was sort of strange (laughs) and like they've gotten death threats from like the mafia that was running all these dog racing rings and shit (laughs) i'm into it all right well this week we had james pick a game for us and that game was Greece. And yeah, we're going to, I was going to say, for the purposes of recording, I think it's like supposed to be French, like the French word for gray, which is like glee or something, or I'm completely just being a pretentious fuck right now. But yeah, for the sake, I think of, for just ease of the podcast, I think we're just going to be calling it Gris for Gris or or Uh, grit grease i thought we decided that we were all going to call it a completely different version of just whatever floats your boat (laughs) i think we should spell it out every time (laughs) so zoe for the sake of this podcast is going to be the pretentious one and call it gris every time she says (laughs) it mccoy is going to be gris can i be grease instead sorry yeah you can be grease adam can be gris and gabe uh Yellow. I don't know. I'll call it Riss with the silent. Oh yeah, Riss. Riss. Oh my god. And um, you could just like I'll just make cycle up, like, through all of them. <laughs> Dude, we should do sections of the show. We're like this section. We're gonna call it Gris. Change <laughs> places. At the gong of the bell, the pronunciation will change. Yeah, someone needs to keep track of like how many times we like fail at that and like say the wrong shit. But. So when you search for uh, gris or gris um, on Google, it does translate automatically from French, but it's also the Spanish word for gray. Oh, um, I'll just call it gray. Oh, I'll okay. just call the name the game gray. Sure. Perfect. Um, yeah. I, I noticed that red because, indigo. Like, everyone was uh, 
all the names in the credits were like uh, looked like they were Spanish names. So it's yeah, I don't it's know a, what the studio was. it's a Spanish studio. Everything came from Spain, like all of the uh, departments that worked on this. But James, do you want to give a short little summary or just a little overview of what Gris is about? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> Grease, Gray, whatever is uh, <laughs> it's a it's a um, I don't know how what what adjectives do you use to describe this game? Like it's a it's a narrative um, side-scrolling platform, probably side-scrolling platformer where you try and return color to a world. Uh, devoid of joy Um, so it's i would say it's like pretty definitely it's like very on the nose about it being about five stages of grief which yeah it's on the nose about that very late in the game like it kind of tells you outright later um but yeah it's it's a platformer with very good art about the five stages of grief apparently and my god is it a beautiful game oh my god I think I've played yeah. through this game in total five times, and wow. every oh single God. time I have just still been in awe at the art style as well as just this game. It was like a bunch of artists got into a room and they were just like, let's make the best art project ever and have it be a video game and I feel like their art style just really nailed it on the head and it definitely seemed, yeah. seemed like a beautiful labor of love um, from a pretty pretty small game studio I think Nomada studio um, they're they're not really that big so it was mm. really great to see uh, this kind of work from them but yeah I mean you know it felt like almost like Cuphead in a way where it's like they took art ideas from outside of games and applied them to games. Like they took watercolor in a way that you never see in video games, which is just such a cool thing. I was like, Oh dude, I remember doing watercolor when I was 10. But, uh, the reason why I'm not an artist is I never saw the value in that in this way. But it was, it was so powerful. Yeah. There's a lot of different art styles in this game. Like I would see a little bit of watercolor and then like a little bit of like pop art and then like a little bit of like the surrealist like dolly like melting kind of painting type vibes within each level um definitely like escher style like weird perspectives and staircases and mm. steps and but yeah yeah it was all of that yeah. like <laughs> put into one it was amazing like in, in and see what's interesting is that yes i agree the artists were incredible but i think Looking at this, I was like, due to the artists and the programmers worked so amazingly well, and yeah. they both knew exactly what was going on. Yeah. In other words, like you, it wasn't just like the backgrounds were beautiful, but they like weren't, like the camera wasn't perfectly um, on them at all times. Like the camera was perfectly framing uh, the what was important in the centerpiece and the composition of it at all times. So it was just such a clear, cohesive effort between everyone in order to be on the same page of what was beautiful about it. Yeah. Like, you could take any still frame of this game and, like, hang it up on your wall and be pleased with it, but it in motion, it works even better. Um, and I think it is all working to support the visual art aspects. I think that was probably the core, um, just because uh, the music was good. It supported the rest of it, 
but there wasn't like elite motif. It's like it wasn't memorable, right? I couldn't hum back to you the theme of of Greece. Um, but it all fits really well together and makes the kind of painting you're walking through really come alive, you know? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, I, I think I agree with you on this, this, the, I guess the music I, I would say, but which I, which I really liked. It was maybe simplistic, but powerful. But the thing that, that really was over the top in terms of the sound was just like the, experiential stuff like the footsteps and like the like when you're walking on the stars for the first time or when you jump on one of those uh mushroom caps that makes noise when you land on it Mm. like just that cooperation between like these gameplay elements and just the sound and the feeling you got from it was just so so impressive to me one thing that really stood out to me that a um a feeling that i got that i uh throughout the game was um uh Hayao Miyazaki movies um specifically in the soundscapes I thought that it it really evoked that the same kind of feelings that those movies can can do um yeah there's like a lot of epicness that you feel I I honestly I found I I'm going to kind of diverge from Adam, but I found the soundtrack to be very memorable. Um, But only in key aspects of the game. It's not something, whereas like in, say, Celeste, a game that we have played prior where, um, you know, you're doing these platforming stages and like the music is kind of on this loop, but it's playing at this constant volume all the time. Um, Gris did an interesting thing where the music really soars in areas where you do not control the player or you control her very minimally. Um, and then during the actual platforming type stages, um, the, the music's very quiet and it's just very minimalist. Um, so it's really just like soft violins with like, just like a couple piano notes here and there. Um, Whereas, you know, in other aspects, like when you are running away from an eel and the eel is snapping at your heels and then you just hear this orchestral like swirl and then this turtle comes save you out of nowhere and that's when, you know, the whole thing swirls. I felt like I was just participating in just this beautiful opera or symphony throughout the whole game where just everything meshed so well together. Um, And it... Like, it's something where, like, I have purposely downloaded the soundtrack and I just listen to it and just still get that kind of, like, swelling feeling of just, you know, the feeling that the music's trying to evoke uh, as you play this game. Interesting. A couple of times... Go ahead, James. A couple of times in the game, I I thought... um, Man, this is the game that the Gardens Between wanted to be. Oh, I thought the same thing. <clears throat> I totally agree. Because it's like, this is what it wanted. This is the power it wanted to have with its art style and with its sort of like, just just th- what it wanted to evoke out of you. Like how it wanted to play with your senses and play with your sort of emotions. Yeah. 
Like, why did you think that, James? I'm so curious, but I actually, I, oh, I can't believe you said that because I thought the exact same thing. Like, this is the art style that they would have loved to be able to pull off, and they were good, but this was on another level. Right. I mean, it was the art style that it was just, like, everything was beautiful um, and coherent. Um, <clears throat> the The movement felt, I mean, so they both have kind of slow walking speed, but I was constantly bothered by that in the gardens between and not at all in, uh, in Greece. Uh, but I just, I, I didn't do any backtracking in Greece because of that. Um, and I mean, the music had similar elements like kind of sparse piano keys. Um, but I feel like it worked in this game. Um, just all sorts of little things that really felt like like a cohesive package here that um, wasn't well executed in, in the gardens between. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of game that got in the way. Whereas at this, I felt like nothing was so, so challenging that it really stopped you from just sort of being whisked away. Like there, you know, so I was playing with a uh, friend of mine, Keenan, actually I was playing with Gabe also as well. And like, you know, Keenan was like obsessed with getting all the, this hidden secrets and like, dude, you should go left right now because mm. the game is pushing you right. But like, dude, check it out. You'll get like a star or whatever, but not so, so not like a star that you need to progress, but like one of those extra side things. And I just remember at some point it was just like, no, just let this experience flow. Like, let's just follow the main path and let it just take us and if you do that it's amazing at how how you s mostly i would say most of the time just knew where to go knew what to do knew how to progress and it was just like taking you along this journey nothing was too hard nothing was too confusing for the most part i mean yeah you know those who watch me might say like dude you struggle with this puzzle for a million years but for me that's normal <laughs> and so i accepted that um but no it just it really like it just grabs you and takes you on an adventure and you just have to just like let it do that. And once I stopped trying to look for secrets or going left when I felt like going right, it was just like the, the pace of it was so like impressive and in, in, in golf, I guess it would like, you know, it's consuming. And I feel like the, the gardens between really had a lot of kind of like pacing issues in between where like the vignettes between the levels were really lovely. And like, I wanted more out of that. But I had to like get through some like pretty complicated levels in order to get there, and I just felt like this like pushes you through in a way that doesn't stop you and doesn't slow you down. Like, I don't know if anyone else felt that way, but that's definitely what I felt playing this. So I felt a little bit differently on that. Um, I'm probably more in line with your friend Keenan in that I was kind of compelled to look for some of the extra things, and I had to kind of push that aside after a little while, in part because the walking was kind of slow. Um, and one thing that bugged me about this game uh, is that there are a lot of like cliffs that maybe aren't telling you that they're cliffs, and once you go over them, you can't go back. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of sections where it's like, well, okay, I, I haven't finished exploring this area and like seeing all there is to see in this particular section. Like, I'm afraid to go forward because I'm afraid that it will prevent me from looking at those things that I want to see, um, which was a minor gripe. Um, I think that if I once I started ignoring that, I started to enjoy the game a little bit more. 
um, and just kind of tried to just move forward, it was a little bit better. But having those there kind of taunting you and for people like me, like, you know, a little bit compelled to go look for them, it made it, it was a distraction from, I think, the parts that this game is better at. So, so this is interesting to me. I, I mean, I totally agree. I just, I think it's interesting to then contrast this with like the strawberries, right? And Celeste, where maybe Celeste was more technically challenging and those strawberries were extra technically challenging. And so then maybe it was exciting to go after them. And if you enjoyed that challenge, it was good. But to me, I found them to be also distracting as well. But, but again, like I, I didn't really hold it against the game because I mean, you don't have to get them. You can just get them if you want to, if you find that challenge interesting. So to me in both games, freeing myself from that extra challenge just in order to progress and in order to feel the pace of it a bit more like helped a lot. Hmm. Yeah, I think it fits more with Celeste in that like Celeste knows its audience very well in that it the audience for a game like Celeste is people who are into hardcore platformers. And the strawberries are kind of, I, I want to say, almost the point. Um, anyone can kind of get through it, and that's a good thing. You can kind of select your own difficulty with the strawberries, but um, it knows that the real audience for their game, the game they, they were really trying to make people for, wow that was all wrong they they people they were really trying to make the game for excuse me um like they know that those people want the strawberries um and greece i feel like kind of fights itself just a tiny bit there there are a couple of other small places where it fights itself by no means do i think that makes this a do i think that this game is bad this game is great um of course but it did fight itself on a couple of places so I'm actually curious of, of asking Zoe about this, who's someone who played it five times. Um, I, if you played it five times, I assume at some point in time you went for all these extra side things and, and enjoyed that. But do you think that on the first playthrough, maybe it detracted or didn't bother you? Or what do you think? No, it didn't bother me because I was immersing myself in the game's environment. Um, and I, I can agree with Adam that there are like a lot of, I guess, like trigger steps that you can take in some of these levels where you can never turn back and you wish you could go back in some sort of way. Um, and you really won't be able to until you've completed the entire game and then can load previous chapters. Um, I kind of wish in that sense, like you could load previous chapters after you completed a level. Um, so that way, if you were say trying to get all of the mementos, um, that were hidden throughout each level. It wasn't something where you had to complete the whole game and then go back and play each chapter individually, trying to search, you know, more places. Um, so for that, I can understand it. But I was, I, I don't think the mementos detracted from it. Um, there's really not much to gain from the mementos either, though. All that really happens is you get a. Um, you kind of get a bonus scene at the end if you collect all the mementos. Um, it's nothing that isn't already known about the game. So for that, you know. Really? I thought there was a kind of a big reveal in that that I heard about. Um, like I put, <clears throat> Some people say it's a big re- a reveal. I don't really think it is. I, it's, I, I, don't, I guess we can say from this point onward, you know, spoilers... Uh, is everybody okay with that on the podcast yeah oh yeah yeah. i mean bro this is the spoiler zone if you ask me all right good just making sure i forgot then i guess i'll shut your ears but um 
all the scene then is, stop listening to this podcast um, what are you doing i'm looking at you you're listening to a podcast about a game you haven't played that's uh, come on man um drink some water log on get some sleep yeah, yeah it's just a scene where um well so you can already kind of tell throughout the game that this stone woman that broke apart at the beginning of the game and throughout the game you're kind of putting her together piece by piece um she's clearly somebody important to the character of gris um and from when i played i was just like okay that's either like an older sister or a mother or just like some matriarch in her family um, that she looks up to and goes to for solace and safety um, and then once you collect all the mementos, the bonus scene is just, um, it's just a cute little artistic drawing animation of Gris and her mother sitting in a field together and her mom grabs one of the stars. It's a very young Gris in this scene. Like she's probably no more than like eight years old. And her mom just grabs a star from the sky and shows it to Gris. And it's supposedly like, you know, the introduction of this whole grabbing star, like, you know, how that came to be about. Um, but it kind of like just hammers home that this person was her mother that she's grieving over. Um, and it's, it's a cute and it's a beautifully drawn scene. Um, and, you know, is it worth it for all of the, all the uh, time you take grabbing the me- mementos? I think arguably not, but it was a cute scene that I think would have been better just as a, like an unlockable, like in the art gallery section, like some unlockable thing there. Um, so but yeah, this is a real small point, but I, I, I want to, I guess, bring attention to that. We are now calling the main character of this game, the unnamed protagonist, Greece, um, as, as you might call the main character of Dark Souls, Dark Soul. Um, that's, the, that's his name, right? Yeah, right. Well, Except that he, the game summary can... says that Gris is a hopeful young girl, so it is Gris. Her name is Gris. Oh, it is? Yeah. So now that brings up a question about whether or not it's canon, but yes. Well, I'm okay with I that. mean, if the game developers were the one to make Is the, the official game, game developer comment <laughs> canon? Well, I mean, that is a real question. Is that, is that uh, <clears throat> canon or word of God? I accept it as the reality which we should bring with us into the game, but... Yeah. All right, someone turn off his mic. <laughs> <laughs> that there are some real hardliners who think that the, the, the work needs to stand entirely on its own um, and that even a description on the back of the box would not count as part of the work. I am not quite such a hardliner. I was using this as a way to um, defend my blunder, and I'm choosing to die on this hill now, so... It's like we're all just walking through a field, and a field, and Adam's just like, "This is the hill," and we're like, "What, dude? No, no. We're trying to get to like the the burger shack on the other side." And he's just like, "I will lie here now." <laughs> Fair enough. No, it's, that is. I, I mean, I see the. I see what they're trying to say. It is. It is interesting though, because I certainly didn't know the person's name was Greece, but and it doesn't or, really or establish it. Like Adam really? has a point that they don't really. There's really. Well, for one thing, the game has no voice acting whatsoever besides the mu- musical notes that um i'm going to refer to her as Grace, but the musical notes that gris sings like that's the only vocal audio really 
in this game. Uh, otherwise, the game is predominantly silent. Um, and really, the only thing that establishes it is just because she jumps up on a platform and then the game zooms out and the big words Gris are at the top. <laughs> and like that's really the only thing that really establishes that. Um, but. Mm-hmm. So the theme, I guess, that was that this game was supposed to try and get at was, you know, the five stages of grief. A, I believe, long since debunked idea of how people cope. Um, do we think that this game, like, hit on that well or appropriately? Like, did you guys feel? Did you guys get the sense of that through this game? How did it approach that theme? One hundred percent. But I'm Can curious as to what other people. <laughs> <laughs> curious as to what other people thought um yeah i mean i no for me uh no it, it didn't but that's not really the game's fault like i was just absolutely stunned by the just the graphical nature of it just like the composition and the beauty of it that i was essentially just a hundred percent paralyzed with how beautiful it was like it was hard for me to get much more from it because every single shot and every time you move and everything is just so beautiful that it like there wasn't any room left in my brain to like comprehend anything bigger or to think about the person's name or to think about anything it, it was like every scene i just wanted to sit there and look at it for a second and i basically did so i'm curious if other people didn't have that that hang up on it's just pure compositional beauty um and we're able to get more themes out of it i mean I definitely, I, I with you, McCoy, was definitely taken aback by its beauty. Um, and especially once you gain the ability within the game to start having uh, having her sing again. Mm. Um, and just hearing her the beauty with that and seeing how it can, it can transform the, the world and the game around you. But going back to um, the point about it being like the struggle with... Uh, you know, dealing um, with negative emotions or energy. Um, I think that I definitely got that vibe from this game. And while everybody does deal with that kind of stuff differently, uh, I can definitely see the game um, being similar to what some people could deal with and finding that strength to battle through all that and get to a better place and, like, finding that... I guess finding that voice to to uh, get just get get out of it and to gather the strength to better yourself. Um, so I would say to appease Adam, I'll put it at like eighty-five <laughs> percent. <laughs> How many because thumbs though? <laughs> it's a good question. You gonna start this? You gonna start this war, Adam, all over again? <laughs> yes, the thumb war. I'm starting the thumb war again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I declare it. No, yeah. Well, so, how did you guys feel about it in terms of it progressing over the course of the game into these sort of things? You know, starting with without color and adding color. Like, do you feel like that, like tied with this idea of dealing with the different stages of grief? I mean, like. Not only that, but I even think the abilities that her cloak offers her complements this, you know, this five stages of grief process. Um, like, I I looked up the five stages of grief um, at the end, and I was just kind of going through each of the stages individually and just trying to figure out 
I, I think each stage of grief represents each of the five levels that you play in the game. Uh, so then I was just kind of going level by level. And I actually found, and I don't know if this is just because I was in the correct mindset and therefore able to make those connections. I definitely don't think it's something that you can make as you're playing. Um, but like, for instance, for the first time, yeah, yeah the, the fourth time. time, do you think you get there? Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, so like first stage Wait, of you grief played it five is... times. There's five stages of grief. Five, five, five. Oh my God. <laughs> Illuminati. The Illuminati symbol somehow. Yeah. How do you even make that on a podcast? I don't know. Okay. But uh, like, yeah, like the stage of denial, like, you know, pretty like the technical term is just like everything's meaningless. You're in denial that this person in your life is gone. Person or thing, I guess is the correct way to say it. And the stage itself is very minimalist it kind of starts out just being like line drawings on like a stark white background with black lines. And slowly as you progress, progress to that level, you get shades of gray um, throughout that. And uh, I, I thought that was really interesting. I liked that the jump button was the collapse button in the first chapter, um, mm. at least until a certain point. Um, when she starts running instead of trudging along. Um, and then, like, in terms of her cloak kind of emulating these stages of grief, like, the second stage of grief is typically anger. Um, and I thought it was interesting that they decided to depict that, whether they decided or not, I guess I should say. But um, they make her cloak a block that you can smash things with like anger you know so she goes around just breaking shit um and i thought that was a very interesting way to depict that coupled with that sandstorm section of the game which is honestly probably one of my favorite moments in a video game both with just the concept of a wind coming through but this like these uh organ notes that are like a flurry of organ notes as the wind comes through but then you know there's peace and there's just like slow piano music and then eventually you have to make yourself into this block and like charge through the sandstorm and i thought that was really cool um but i thought it was interesting that you know it just happens that the stage or the level of anger is also one where you have to break a bunch of shit so yeah do you have other examples of stages and, and powers and things and those combinations you said you looked through them that's just it's fascinating to me to hear that because yeah. I, I definitely didn't get it going yeah. through but looking back it's i think really some a of cool them are a stretch about. that i've made like third stage is bargaining and that stage happens to be where you come across your little stone friend and you have to kind of bargain with him through apples you know you have to get him the apples before he actually helps you proceed throughout the level which i thought like i think that would be a hard stage bargaining to like depict so i think they just went through the literal interpretation of like bargaining like apples for help um and um you know depression the depression is stage four that's like the water scene so it's like she's literally like, you know, people describe depression, like some people describe it as you feel like you're drowning. And that just happens to be the stage where you are literally underwater going deeper and deeper into a place. And there's an eel that tries to swallow you up. Um, yeah. And then just acceptance being the stage where you play around with light and you 
play through different shifting perspectives. So you're kind of, you know, kind of all topsy-turvy in that case, but like you always end up back where, you know, back where you were meant to be in that. And I don't know. I just, I thought it was very interesting for that. You know, I could see it. That's also where like, she finds her voice again. That's kind of a nice way to depict acceptance. Yeah. My, my initial reaction, I think you've sold me on a little bit more, but my initial reaction was that the stages didn't really line up very well. Um, like the anger, the smashing block, I saw that one getting the double jump and running through the forest as part of bargaining, I guess. Like the Again, that one's a really hard one to deal with. Right, and that um, really the only thing I saw with that one was the apples and the little stone dude. Yeah. And the depression stage I didn't feel was particularly... Like, so my first playthrough before, you know, they just straight up tell you that this is a game about the five stages of grief. Um, they, uh, I was kind of playing through this and I was like, is this another game about depression? Because you've got the, the giant black monster that's following you around. Um, All games are games about depression. Yeah, you just have to try hard enough. Yeah, yeah Dark Souls is a game about depression. <laughs> yeah, it potentially causes it, depending on how you play. <laughs> That's a hot take. We still yeah. have the Dark Souls air horn? Anyway. Um, uh, let me check the... So I was originally thinking, like, is this another game about depression? And you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, a lot of games nowadays are about depression, but also a lot of people nowadays are depressed. Ha-ha! Um, <laughs> what so... a great reaction to a lot of people are nowadays de- are depressed. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> we laugh so we don't Damn, cry. Damn, that was savage as hell. It's true. Um... So, I guess I didn't see the five stages of grief until they explicitly called it out. Um, I guess somebody via the achievement the, system, right? right? Yeah, via the achievement system. Our chivos, <laughs> our helpful chivos, telling us exactly what we're supposed to think and feel. Um, and then there's the, uh, I guess in the gallery they show, um, like after you've beaten the game, it unlocks a gallery. You can go look at some of the, like the concept art that they'd done. And in previous editions, I guess, in previous mock-ups, they had the cloak rather than you getting abilities with your cloak that kind of very loosely correspond to the stages of grief. It would get colored in so that the shoulders would become red and then um, for, for anger, and then you would get uh, you know other colors moving down the cloak, matching up roughly to the, the stages of grief as you're adding color back to the world. And then you I become a rainbow? Like, yeah, in the end, you're, you're a very fancy rainbow. Um, so I thought that was kind of neat. I don't think it helps it particularly fit the five stages of grief anymore, but it's still neat. Yeah. I feel like all of this, you know, sort of like, I, it's like a really valid discussion to talk about whether it does or doesn't fit the theme, but I feel like inherently in what all we're saying is like, but also amazingly beautiful, wonderfully joyous, oh, yeah. a wonderful experience from top to bottom. Like absolutely amazing. And they didn't. We've definitely covered that the game is beautiful and that the game does a lot of things really well. Now we have to rip it apart. I mean, I know, I, exactly. I'm really thankful but, that they didn't compromise the game for the five stages of grief. Yeah, I found it to be a nice compliment, um, but it wasn't something all-consuming as you're going through each stage. I had a blast throughout the platform. Now, on a platforming level, it's definitely on the easier end, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, <laughs> I don't think it's anywhere near like Celeste levels of mechanics. Um, but I actually wanted to kind of go into mechanics a bit because it does, I think 
it it takes a like there's nothing new that this game really brings up mechanics wise in terms of like a new a new type of obstacle i think however i think the game does a good job at taking a basic platforming mechanic and making something and just kind of adding its own little flair to it um such as for instance the typical platforming mechanic of a platform appearing and disappearing or moving up and moving down and um when you're in the forest level and the trees appear and disappear and some trees will like appear on an angle and then it will fill out and then disappear um and so you have to really look at this tree path and try to figure out, okay, like I need to jump from this tree to this tree to this tree, all in this kind of timely manner. Um, I thought that was a cool little take on it um, that at least in the platformers I've played, I haven't seen someone take it to that kind of level where a platform can turn into an angle or a flat surface. Mm. But I'm curious if there's anything that stuck out to you guys, um, either that you liked or didn't like mechanics-wise in this game, or um, you know, on a platforming basis. Well, that sounds like a call for the resident mechanics room. Um, so, <laughs> um, to McCoy's earlier point, the camera work is super, super good, which is both A, hard to do, and B, really important. Um, and that's important for gameplay. Um, they do sometimes, like hide like the extra tidbits that you're supposed to find or that you're supposed to try to find like off they, they use the camera to obscure those from you which is kind of interesting um i did feel like you didn't have a whole lot that let you move around quickly i think they really wanted to let you luxuriate on like the backgrounds which is fair that's something they should let you look at more but they kind of force you to in some ways because there was a lot of there were a lot of sections that were effectively just hallways and you were walking just in a direction for a while, um, which is sometimes unfortunate. There was one section where it was a hard-ish jump to make. I ended up failing this jump like two or three times, which isn't terrible for a platformer, except the walk back took 10 seconds. Uh, yeah. Um, and also one little fun thing. If you're trying to go upstairs and you're tired of the fact that you've been going upstairs for, 50, for 15 seconds... Um, jumping makes it go slightly faster, which has always bothered me a little bit in games where, like, in Zelda, you're supposed to be rolling around town 100% of the time. Um, supposed to be is a little, <laughs> a little strong of a word, but yeah, 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 you're supposed to be doing it backwards with, like, using the fucking bow and arrow lock-on to, like, <laughs> Yeah, bomb, bomb, bomb dashing is what they do, I think, in, in like, the, anyway, um, so for the most part, like the mechanics are fairly solid. There are a couple of sections where I think that they kind of compromise the mechanics very slightly for the sake of the art. Another one instance of that is that it's super beautiful. Um, they chose your color palettes really well. Like all the stuff is really well done, except a lot of times it's really low contrast. So it's hard to tell where you are and where you fit in um, or like what things are jump onable and which things are actually walls. Um, so they didn't do a great job of signaling to the player what things are platforms. Like, there are tells, but you really have to kind of squint to see them. Um, it's not like you just know what things you can land on and what things you can't land on. Um, I was tripped a couple of in a couple of instances by things I didn't realize were, wall were walls. Um, so I think those are all kind of some of the negative bits. 
I think that they are appropriate compromises to make for the most part, because the art is really where this game shines, and I think it's fair to put that first. But those are things that I noticed. Yeah, no, I, it's there definitely was like a couple moments where, like I didn't exactly know where I could stand, but then of course Keenan who's sitting and not playing is like obviously pointing them all out. So it's just there's there's something that's way harder about when you're actually just in it in order to fully comprehend it. Whereas he was just like pointing physically on the TV, like you're gonna go here and you're gonna jump here and you're gonna do this and it's gonna be obvious. <laughs> I I'm think like, really? Wait, is all. that obvious to you? And he's like, yeah, of course, check it out. I think the um, hardest <laughs> thing of all would be sitting next to you watching you playing a game and not being able to direct. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's pretty bad as someone who's done it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though, it's true. Um, I think this is an interesting uh, sort of point uh, or a game that supports a point uh in the never-ending discussion of like what do graphics matter what do visuals matter because i think if you took this game and you made them characters like like i mean like like letters on a keyboard sort of like the ground gives way like this game would not be as positive or as uh, as important or as valuable as it as it is Hmm. and it just shows you that like graphics really do have the ability to entrance the player and to make them feel more. And, and it just shows like what good art can do to pull a package, not just together, but to just take it a hundred steps further towards amazing than it ever would have been just by its mechanics alone. Yeah. I, I almost want to say that this game, like its mechanics are fairly quotidian. Is that the right word? It's like, it's a platformer. You platform. If you were to strip out the art and replace it with, you know, the the gray block, the gray blocks that you use for like prototyping games, um, like I would have quit this game like 15 minutes in because it's like, eh. There's like very little here, I think, outside of what they've done with the aesthetics and the artistic aspects of it. That's you know the the art and the music and those kinds of things um, that they've put together. Like if you were just to do, if you were just to leave it as purely platforming mechanics and um, uh, the level design. Like, there's not much there, in my opinion. No, I agree. I think the the aesthetics really were what sell this package. The the excellent music and the beautiful visuals to uh, partake in. Yeah, and I, and I loved that. I mean, it's, it's like I was compelled to walk down hallways just mm-hmm. to see what they were. Like... <laughs> One of the pictures that I linked in the Discord just to keep everyone looking at the actual game and the beauty of it while we talk about it is this part in the black and white scene where you're walking down a hallway and the screen is split perfectly in half, but it has this sort of like paper edge as if it had been, had been cut out or torn. And you're on the top and it's like dark and then the, the bottom is like white and it's like your shadow and it's all these, you know, birds or creatures or whatever. And it's just this unbelievable composition for a hallway like (laughs) it's the best thing you could possibly ever do for a hallway and it was just so joyous to walk through it but it's 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 funny because you are just walking i'm like in my head i'm thinking adam is thinking walking simulator in in my head right now (laughs) while i'm walking down this hallway but i I was worried about that i have my notes um like even up through like halfway through the the red level uh, so far this game seems like a walk right and look at the scenery slash explore more than a proper platformer but the wind level is starting to add some elements to that um, 
it's and, and they did add on more as things go and it kind of becomes you know there there's something to it but it really isn't a ton it's enough and to it keep me supposed interested. to be right the focus should be on the art and again rightfully so yeah Oddly enough, though, towards the uh, end, there is the the waterfall and the water blocks uh, mechanic, which where you're like you're in the water and then you jump out and you enter the another like another water block or you use a waterfall to navigate between them. And that to me reminded me a lot of Celeste. Like Celeste has that inside the starry whatever mechanic where you can like get another dash from it, so you can like progress through jumping. So there was actually like a lot of stuff that I was like, oh, this kind of reminds me of Celeste, just in a much easier, friendlier way. Yeah, definitely <laughs> easier, friendlier. Like, yeah. it, it was a very similar mechanic, I thought, uh, to Celeste's, like, dash. Um, but used to... for, for a very different effect. <clears throat> like... Celeste is like introduce a mechanic and then force you to figure out how to master it. Um, whereas this is like introduce a mechanic so we can do more cool, pretty things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they, boy, do they do that. I'll tell you that. Yeah. The whole aesthetics of this game, it combines like ruins, strong geometric patterns, the watercolor bleed effect thing that you were talking about earlier, and like Star Trek patterns. And this is like all the things that I want to see in art. And so I'm just like, yeah. hmm, yes. <laughs> this is making my I body think... do things. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Good to know. Good to know. Hey, Adam, I want to take you to a gallery. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like, it, it is funny, though, that, like, uh, I, I feel like the one thing graphically that I didn't like about this game, there's only one, literally one, and that is that the stars that follow you have a really low, I guess, like frame rate. <laughs> mm. It was like it was like hard to track them. I just wish they were smoother. I know they were trying to like jump through, in a sense, constellations as they go, and it's a really cool effect. But I just looked at it and I was like, for some reason, I don't like this. I don't know why, but I don't like this. And everything else was just the absolute most amazing thing ever. Um, so, you know, I'll write a letter. Oh, that's interesting. I'll let them know. I thought that the segmentation of the stars following you as opposed to, like, a more organic, like, flowing motion. I, I like that the stars segmented a lot. So. Yeah. <laughs> I also thought it was right and correct, and this means, McCoy, that you were incorrect. <laughs> that's you. how democracy works. <laughs> I didn't notice. <laughs> Wait, is that how democracy works? Two people say something, one person disagrees, and two other people stay silent? And <laughs> uh, actually, yeah, in America, yeah, where we have a voting turnout of like 55%, yeah, that is how it works. <laughs> yeah, I think, well, like, the game is, like, I was really surprised, and I, and you kind of recognize this more with multiple playthroughs, I think, but this game is so insanely detailed in the best ways. Um, just the creative choices that they decided to do and their little mini environmental effects that have no, like they, it doesn't have any weight on the gameplay itself, but yet when you notice it, you're like, wow, that's really cool that they actually took that into account. Like, um, like, I don't know if you guys noticed, but like whenever Gris walks past a bell, it kind of like softly tinkles as she like walks past it. So it's like almost like her cloak has brushed against it. Um, 
like the the wind scene when you hide out in your shelters you see little particles like slam themselves against the side of your shelter and then other particles like fly past um so it really gave like a nice visual effect of just how strong this windstorm is um and yeah there's just like so many like little intricacies that they added but i thought they it was just so cool that they thought in such detail about the environment cared so much about the environment um i don't know if you guys like i i we kind of touched on it a little bit but like gris's footsteps throughout all of the worlds is something that i thought it was really cool that they like really made a difference in whether she was walking on gravel or ice or like wet stone so like stone and then there's wet stone walking um I, that's just something I felt like I had to rave about, just because those details did not go unnoticed, and I really appreciate that they really thought about that. It was magical. I mean, the sound of just moving around in the world and jumping on things was just magical. Well, while we're and talking like, about nice little things, oh, sorry. Sure. You have no, to go say. ahead. Uh, while we're talking about nice little things that you noticed, um, the they took a page out of the, the, the Zelda games a tiny bit. So you guys remember like all the places where you unlock new powers for your cloak or whatever. Um, it's a little block, like shrine-looking thing, and it's got the two star pegs for it where you have to go get some stars and you bring them back. Um, so this is the same kind of thing that they do in Zelda games, where they put the boss chest, like the, the big chest of each dungeon, somewhere where you can find it early in the dungeon, um, and then you have to go through a whole bunch of hoops to get the key because the entire time this is like building anticipation for what cool thing I'm gonna get now. Um, and they do smaller versions of that and bigger versions of that, you know, like even just the da na 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 jingle before you get to see, or excuse me, the I'm bad at music, but whatever. Well, that well, thing before him. you get to see what's in there. <laughs> um, yeah, play, play the actual thing over my being bad at music. Um, no, play it afterwards Adam, so we can incredible. compare. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, really just makes me look terrible. I love it. Um, so like that thing that you got that you got that whole build up before you get to get a new cloak power it makes it much nicer than just you walk into a room and you get the cloak power which they could have done right um but they told you first hey you're gonna get something cool now but first you got to do some stuff um that's like a cool thing that you see sometimes and i'm glad they did here yeah Did anyone, like, have some, like, I feel like this game was just built for awe-inspiring moments. Is there anything, like, very memorable, either composition-wise or, like, you know, just something that stuck in your head as you played this game where you just kind of had to be like, damn, this is awesome, or damn, this sucks, (laughs) or, like... (laughs) Yeah, I'm waiting for those damn, this sucks moments to come out. (laughs) An hour into the podcast, someone's like, actually... (laughs) Actually, I hated it. The one Um, thing that I... I mean, the one moment where I was like, man, that kind of sucks, um, was something that Adam touched on, where in, like, the first uh, level, after you get to the hub world, um, I discovered, like, how to get 
to an area and I was like, oh yeah, I think it was like the first secret that you need a secret star to get into, to get. And um, you also need the, uh, like, become a square and smash things power. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to get this, this power and then I'm going to get a star. Well, I was... After I got the power, I went back, smashed the thing, and then I didn't have enough stars to get the secret. Uh, so I went forward, thinking, "All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this, and then go back and get the secret." And then I went too far, and it closed out for good. And I was like, "Oh man!" <laughs> and that kind of <laughs> stuck with me for the rest of the playthrough of like, either, you know go for the secrets or just go forward because I don't want to spend an extra four minutes like exploring for a secret only to progress too far um, and then not have access to it. Um, they need but, like a pop-up window. Are you sure you want to leave the area? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> literally. They could have done that. They could have oh done my that. God. Like they could have had like the, the Dark Souls has the white gates. You can always move backwards in Dark Souls, but in, like, you could have something like a big white gate that's very clear. This is a you gotta you gotta go forward place. It's not just haha. Now you're sliding down a thing. Get fucked. I mean, there. Yeah, I just accepted it the second I was. I was like, okay, yeah, I I feel that. Like, let's just move forward. I'm fine with that. Yeah, but did Keenan? No, Keenan was fucking tilted. It's <laughs> <laughs> like sitting back in his chair, like you know, just leaning back when only two of the feet are on the ground, and he's just like sighing and shit. Just like he's like unbelievable. Only two of he's his like, dude, feet we're not on the ground. Superpower. Can you, can you tell me what Keenan looks like a little bit? It's Keenan. No, 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 the human? chair. The chair. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, no, leaning oh. back in the chair with only two chair feet. It's a fair. Yeah, amount. Keenan has four feet. It's pretty wild. <laughs> so so uh, that does That's why remind you can't me play video games. Yeah, something that stuck with me on this game. And okay, so. All the vistas are fantastic. Like there's a lot of places where things lined up well, and they were doing the camera movement just right. And it was kissy fingers. It was great. Um, but the one thing that really, really stuck with me. So you know how Gris has the kind of spindly peg feet um, that are just kind oh, of yeah. back oh, no. black yep. penciled in uh, things. Yep. And you know how and all hands the little for that matter. And hands too. Um, she got she got fingers too. But um, you guys may have noticed that like all the little rocks that kind of move around with their own little legs. They also have the same peg feet. So I'm looking at this world through Gris's eyes, and I'm imagining these rocks walking around with, like, plap, 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 human legs, like, full-on human legs. <laughs> because that's what it is to her. <laughs> you know, I could see it. Yeah, you know what's crazy about this game is that it didn't apply absolute, you know, reality. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't feel realistic enough for me. Most games don't, and it's a real shame that not every game is perfectly correct to... Now to I kind of want boulders in some game with like big hairy man legs if i had time um and didn't spend four weeks fucking around in other games and then play this this morning um i would have drawn it out (laughs) this actually kind of brings up a point though but like our friend keenan was very perturbed by this but were you guys at all annoyed that switch between like the pig arms and then detailed actual like hands and fingers for her no when did you do that switch during cutscenes and stuff it would like ha- she would have much more detail in her hands and they'd be like normal hands and then it would cut back out and she would have these like 
stump hands. I think he's just a practical dude. He's like, dude, how could you carry something with that? Hand like that? <laughs> I know. I was just wondering if like, cause Keenan was very bothered by that. I was wondering if that touched upon anyone else. I didn't even notice it. Dude, I Keenan, honestly like, couldn't didn't get either past until I was watching McCoy play it with Keenan in the background. He's like, oh, those hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he sucks, all right? It was like, Keenan, like, take a breath. And he'd just be like, you can't carry anything with that. Like, you know, just like. <laughs> like <laughs> I mean, they had a lot of different art teams work on it. So I'm sure one art team was focused on making the like the animations for the cutscenes, and then the other team was like yeah we're not gonna we're not gonna do that for all of her animations during the platforming sequences that's too much detail <laughs> like, screw it looks that. like did they did they hand animate her movements i think they did because it looked um, like looks it. like it the animation yeah. reminded me a lot of uh banner saga which is very like that was one of the selling points that they had was it's like, oh, hand animated. Look at us. Same was it good? With, like, oh, yeah, no, it was. I'm, I had my mocking voice on by accident, but yeah, no. Banner Saga has really good art. <laughs> by accident? Yeah, sorry, I flipped the switch, and it's, there's a lot of keys over here, so. <laughs> it's, it's really hard when you're, when you're secretly five mice running around in a human suit. <laughs> oh, yeah, like that movie. What was that movie? The uh, Inside Out. I was going to say Ratatouille, but okay. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. That works. So wait, uh, just quickly going back to this, because this, this question was, hey, any beautiful things? And then also like jokingly side, like, hey, here's what do you hate? And then we went on a five minute rant about what we hate, um, which is hilarious. But I do want to touch on some of the things that were beautiful uh, that I think we should, are just worth calling out. For me, the whole game, when you would, the whole game. Yeah, the whole game. Certainly. All right. But even deal. still, even still on top of the whole game being beautiful, there were like extra elements like in the light area towards the end when you would hit on those like yellow jumps and it would like illuminate an entire area. So like those yellow butterflies or whatever, just that effect of it exploding in this like beautiful light and particles and just illuminating your way. was just so unbelievable. At least to me, like it was like, I think like I basically gasped every time because it was just so powerful. Um, Mm, Yeah. So so I I guess that was cool. For me, oh, the the level that really sticks with me is is the um, the red level, I guess, with the wind, because I really like mm-hmm. the pseudo mechanical um, whirly gigs in the background and the windmills, and it just you know threw together a lot of the aesthetics that I really like, um, in addition to the other things that I really like that mm-hmm. causes me to do things with yes. Yeah, wind. I like the jump scares that I got. I got jump scared a kind of couple times in this game. Uh, just I was thinking, wait, there's jump scares in this game. Well, when Gris is fighting, yeah, you didn't get attacked the by the clown, bird, and the eel. <laughs> um, I don't know. I thought they did just this kind of clever thing, like when the bird is chasing you, and you're running towards these red butterflies that you know, like you've just learned that these butterflies will help you jump higher, and so you're running towards this pot with red butterflies, and then this bird just explodes out of nowhere and just blows oh, yeah. you up itself. I thought that was a really like. I thought that was, like, a cool thing. Like, it made me, like, it, it wasn't a jump scare where I was, like, terrified, but it was, like, a nice, like, jolting, like, oh, my God, like, what just happened? And then, like... Caw-caw, yeah. motherfucker. Exactly. And then, like, you know, same thing with the eel. Like, you're kind of going down this, like, 
semi-lit chasm and then just suddenly like it explodes with light as the shadow eel like comes up and snaps at you um i just you know those were like kind of some like cool cool ways to kind of like subvert expectations less so with the eel because you already know the eels after you so like that's you know that's that but i just thought it was kind of a cool little way that they made things like a little like a degree more terrifying not saying it was terrifying but a degree more terrifying than like just having like a cute little black glob bird Mm. i thought that those moments were actually kind of slightly so i think they went on a little bit long particularly eel chase to the point where i was like can i die and i tried to swim backwards at the eel which i feel like was not the intended experience for play Oh, really? You think so? Um, yeah, no, it's, a, it's just a hunch I've got that they did not intend players to want to swim into the gaping maw of a doom eel. Um, okay, yeah, for sure. Did you die? No, you can't. Um, Ooh. That section is non-interactive. Well, so that's actually, I think that that's not quite accurate. It is interactive, but it was like they wanted to do a cutscene, but like one step above it, where you could sort of affect the direction and feel like you were going faster. They, I think they wanted to attach you to a cutscene a little bit more right and like they, they as opposed to doing like context sensitive like yo press square and, and do a backflip or die <laughs> um <laughs> yeah it, like, but it's, it was interesting because I, I too was like okay no i'm not doing this per se and i probably wouldn't have to do anything but i do feel like i have a slight bit of connection still because i can change the direction and i don't know if in the, in the eel level you could go up or down but i always chose down when it would split um but yeah, there's just like a little bit of interaction from the player that I think is is a cool little touch. I think it, it was, it, I think yeah, they were not trying to go with full gameplay. They were trying to go with basically no gameplay. But why don't we just sprinkle in a little for fun? Yeah, like I like I recognize that you can you know dash and move slightly in the eel section, but um, that that's kind of what I meant by not interactive was that you can't affect anything beyond like cosmetically kind of what's happening. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that it would really like you couldn't have that because this game doesn't have death right you can't mess up and there's not like lives or anything so it does it wouldn't have made sense to have that um but i do actually have to wonder what this you know the giant black goo monster is supposed to represent in a game that's ostensibly about the five stages of grief like i didn't really see exactly where it fit in um to that the theme that they were very anchored to yeah, I, I, you bring a good point, because honestly, that's the one thing that I I couldn't quite pin down in terms of where that, you know, where that connects with the five stages of grief, um, nor just like with grief in general, like why a bird, why an eel? Um, I, I think at this point, I think it's just, like to me, it just seems like a driving force trying to drag her back to stage one just because every time she gets swallowed up the world becomes that colorless palette again um you know trying to consume her her world that she lives in where she's trying to add color back in and this thing just wants to wash it all away but um, in the end though like you need to go into that stage so you end up getting swallowed up and that is where you find the, the, the big mother statue and you reconcile and then walk off into the heavens or whatever 
right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you end up getting the acceptance achievement, get those chivos, uh, when you're in, in the black and white death zone or whatever you want to call that. And also there's a cutscene at towards the end where she's swallowed by the darkness right before, like right before the, oh, the explosion of everything else afterwards, like that classic scene where it's like her face and like the, like the black, almost like venom from Spider-Man, like goo is like coming around. If it's trying to say, like, you need to, at some point, not run when you're strong enough, at some point you need to go towards it and you need to go through it, like, then that seems like a perfectly reasonable enough message to me and a powerful one at that. It could be. It could be what they tried to do with acceptance and that the um, the moon level, the yellow level, I'm not really sure what you want to call it, uh, was not the acceptance level then. Or maybe they both are. I don't know how to read this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it might be... Like, it might be that the light level was, you know, a, a step on her journey and then maybe falling back into a funk, but overcoming that is another part of that acceptance age. Maybe they're so, supposed to be complementary to one another. Because, like, the whole being swallowed up is not necessarily a stage. It's very short. And very, like... You know, you just have to hop a couple platforms and sing. Um, but right. maybe maybe they're complementary to one another to just show, you know, instead of, you know, pressing space and collapsing, instead she's able to jump and sing wholeheartedly despite this wash of color around her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have any of you played uh, Ori in the Blind Forest? I've a heard little. of it, and I've watched games. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Nope. All right. Well, that's another beautiful platformer. Um, that one is a, is a bit heavier on the platforming. Um, it's kind of a Metroidvania, and it also has a big old evil bird thing. So this bird just reminded me of that bird, and I was like, oh, they're doing the Ori thing with a bird. <laughs> Fucking birds, man. <laughs> birds are great. Um, Seems a little reductionist, don't you think? <laughs> one other thing that confused me about the bird in this one. So the bird is made up of butterflies that you free from a pot and you went to the, the depths of whatever, I guess. Um, and But there are also good butterflies. Red butterflies, good. Black butterflies, bad. Message unclear. What's wrong with their hands, man? it's so it's like i get that you know i get that some parts fit and other parts probably are just there for just being there and it's just kind of like i'm trying to suss out which parts fit with the theme and which parts are just there because you needed to have a jump pad but you didn't want to have sonic style springs that bring like send you towards the ceiling right so you got to have something there and i guess butterflies is what we're doing um Maybe, and I'm just kind of taking this off of, like, my assumption that the black move represents anger, but because the black butterflies sprang from her anger, like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a result of her anger. It's, like, maybe consequences of her anger that she has to overcome on top of overcoming grief. Sure. Yep. Like, I think that these are valid readings, but I think also that maybe we're doing a little bit too much work on behalf of this game. <laughs> I don't know. 
um, I suspect that a lot of care went into you know many pieces of this game but I don't know how much care went into each piece of the game as it relates to the theme that they were trying to hit on yeah mm. and we'll never know but there is clearly like a color related theme in that you know things that are darker or grayscale you're trying to add the life back into them so you could see why the dark butterflies would be things you want to run from whereas the colorful ones can aid you on your way well going off of the uh, the grayscale thing i actually recently saw they did a study and showed that depression uh can lead to some people seeing the world as grayer and wow. more of a grayscale because it can visually affect your um your eyes and the way your eyes process light and colors and whatnot. Interesting. That it's also a fairly common um, media interpretation as well. Oh, and absolutely. It's funny how those two things play. Like, <laughs> no, no, I just think that's that's cool. Like, there are a lot of ways that over time we've tried to convey these ideas. And it's interesting to think that, in fact, that may actually be the case. Um, I know you're theorizing that maybe everyone's just been taught to do that because of the media, and I don't know, and nobody knows. But it, it is cool to sometimes see, after a long period of time, everyone explaining in some way, uh, to think that that might actually be an accurate explanation is, is a cool concept. Oh, so I think I covered all the things that I wanted to talk about on this. But did you? But what you definitely found was the butterfly reaction in Discord, which was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that is so relevant. I'm yeah, really. My Discord game is on point. Um, God, dude, amazing. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure. I I just yeah. I mean, I'm I'm curious if anyone has any like closing thoughts that they want to go for. Or Zoe's got notes till the end of time so maybe she has something to say or i think most of my notes are just gushing about effects that i liked and you can only go so long with that before the podcast just devolves into just a gush fest can um, you give us one just throw one out there i didn't like that the first color was red oh shit <laughs> oh that's interesting because i actually kind of did like that well and i only didn't like it because it was very unsettling like how the oh, colors the introduce themselves yeah she like curls up into a ball and then this color just splats onto the screen and so oh, she's yeah. in this ball and then suddenly just red just splats on the screen so i'm like is she hurt like what and i guess like that hurt equals anger so sure but like i thought I, she was like physically hurt like stabbed or something and i was like oh boy so maybe having like a different color before that but I know if they want to keep up with the five stages of grief, I guess that makes sense. But I love your reaction <laughs> at first to I was her. Enjoying... Oh, go hmm? ahead. At first I was enjoying it because, uh, I mean, I was also thinking blood, uh, but um, also red is the first color outside of uh, black and white, like linguistically. So you know how different languages have different words for colors and some languages just don't have words for certain colors and they just kind of make do with other ones. So if you go way, way, way back, uh, like black and white or like dark and light are like colors that exist in every language pretty much. Um, and then after that, red gets added in uh, always. Uh, so it's black, white, red. It's like well, light and dark and then red gets added in after that. And then all the other colors kind of come from there. 
And now we've got like chartreuse and beige and burgundy and all these kinds of things. But if you go way, way, way back, red is the, is the first color. Um, so I thought that was kind of neat. I don't think it's really what they were going for, but I was like, ha, when I saw that. Yeah, red is just the most intense color. It just is. Like, I, I feel like it has to do with, like, I, like a, a human thing of just being like, that's the color of blood. If I see this, that is either my enemies falling or me falling. Like, someone is dying. Like, death is near. Or berries. Come on, McCoy. You don't have to be violent. <laughs> no, I do. But <laughs> ours red, it goes faster. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's also true. No, but I think about this a lot when I think about and it costs more. It, <laughs> no, yes yes or less actually it costs less because people want it less like supply demand whatever but anyways when you think about your notification on your phone right typically they're red which is like the most intense color they could possibly be which is like that's using the highest form of visual communication of priority like to your brain like if you that's why for a while actually there's a setting in iphones and i'm sure in other phones too where you can set your phone to grayscale and it's under the accessibility options. And I don't know, it probably helps someone. But for me, it helped me in the sense that those notifications, they blend into the background more. And you see them, you note that there is in fact a badge, is what they call it, on this app icon. And it says that there's 10 emails I need to read. But it's not the highest form of screaming a color can possibly do to your brain. And it really chills the whole experience out of interacting with your phone. And I just think it's it's interesting to me any choice in the world of UI or the world in general of red, just because it is so intense. I, I mean, I believe it is. Like, I really do feel the intensity of the color red. Like, so for instance, like recording symbols are always red and they're just so intense. Um, notifications are red. Like, it's just, it's. I think that that color is a special color. And it's it's interesting to hear that it's like one of the most universal colors outside of light and dark. That exists in language just because of its just such a intensity behind it that means something really important is is happening or isn't um so yeah but i don't know fun fact turn your phone uh, to grayscale and then uh really feel way chiller during the day but then also not be able to enjoy anything <laughs> on your phone <laughs> because ah, you'll yes. look through and you'll be like wow what a great picture <laughs> except that it's in black and white okay, that just cool. makes it more like, artistic mccoy that's why everyone oh, has yeah. black and white filtered everything on Instagram. Yeah. That's definitely not what they do. <laughs> I, I, I don't know Instagram very well, but <laughs> I guess it's, uh, they just use Photoshop <laughs> to make themselves like twice as strong or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Let's do like, okay, Adam, tell me this. Who would you oh, recommend this game for? Like, who is oh. this game for in your eyes after having played it? Are, are we free from the tyranny of thumbs? Uh, no, I'm going to get there. But, oh. uh, <laughs> uh, that was so hopeful this. in his voice. <laughs> <laughs> That's I what like we should call, call this podcast is the tyranny of thumbs. <laughs> the tyranny of thumbs? Oh, my God. A game of thumbs. <laughs> Wonderful. Thumbs, thumbs. <laughs> James, no. <laughs> uh, as far as what I would rec- who I would recommend this game to, um, people who really enjoy like the visual art behind games. Like I know a lot of people who will pick up games purely based on like what they look like. And this is a game that, yeah, pick that up. And I mean, even if you just appreciate that and like are otherwise a hardcore elite gamer like me, uh, you know, uh, it's still worth playing. I would say that most people should play this game if they 
have an appreciation for good visuals. And then, if you had to rate your experience in a thumb style way, where would you fall on that? Uh, 46,728 thumbs. That's a lot of thumbs. See, he he claims to love mechanics, and yet... No, the denominators are different on both of those, and no, I won't tell you what the denominators are. (laughs) They're both just zero, and he's erroring in a corner. (laughs) (laughs) No, I really like this game. Um, it It had its faults, but I think it knew what it was going for, and it went after that appropriately, with appropriate fervor. Like, it's not, a like, a hardcore game game. Um... And I don't think it was meant to be. And I think that's great. Like, this game supports the pieces that it does best. And it doesn't let anything else really get in the way. Um, I think it fits decently well as a game. I'm not super convinced by, like, the theming that they were going for. But um, that's, like, a apparently a failure... A, an artistic failing of mine. Because Zoe can see, can see with perfect clarity how this fits in with the... Again, I believe it was debunked quite a long time ago. The five stages of grief. Yeah, Adam, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> I am a, wow. a broken shell of a man. <laughs> yeah, you're like, Help. dude, this game didn't speak to me at all because I'm just purely denial. <laughs> like, I don't know what these other stages are. Hey, no, I was mostly angry when we were talking about the cat lady. Ah, oh, respect, respect. The one stage of grief angry. is just life. <laughs> Wait, so you progressed. Hey, congratulations. <laughs> All Adam knows is anger and denial. <laughs> this is what the tyranny like, of thumbs do, does to us. <laughs> yes, exactly. The tyranny. That's true. That's true. Uh, James, you chose this game. What did you think? What, what, who would you recommend it to? What was your experience like with it? I thought this game was great. Um, I would recommend it to pretty much everyone i would caveat it to some people saying like yeah it's i mean it's it's a not really a i don't know hardcore game but like i mean even hardcore gamers have a heart have feelings yeah <laughs> unless they mostly play call of duty and then there's some, some kind of gremlin i'm sorry but that's not a hardcore gamer right <laughs> oh. oh my god i promise you the like the one dude who came by today he's like gris i really like that game and he just plays call of duty he's like god fucking damn it. <laughs> Fuck these people actually I'm i really don't out. i really don't think that we have to worry on this podcast about the kind of people who mostly only play call of duty coming by and be like oh yes good thoughtful critiques of games Yes, this is what I want to think about today. I want to think about the games. I would like to think about the games that I'm playing. Oh, God, please choose Call of Duty as the next game for you. (laughs) Surprise, Adam, we're playing Call of Duty. (laughs) (laughs) Hardcore search and destroy only. Let's go. The most Counter-Strike of game modes. Okay, Uh, Gabe, how how was this game? I know... We sort of like played it together the first half and then the second half. Actually, I guess we played it together similarly for the second half, just through the internet. What'd you think? Uh, I really liked it. Um, I thought it was a, a beautiful kind of like sidestep from traditional games that I usually play. Um, and I would recommend this to probably at least all the people I know, because it's 
while yes, it's not a, like a traditional hardcore game, um, I still think it's an enjoyable journey and just a fun uh, experience and is worth worth checking out with just even the, the visuals and the audio alone. Uh, thumbs related thumbs. I don't even know if I asked James about the thumbs. I was too busy with the tyranny situation. <laughs> Two no. thumbs up. Thank you. I was hoping you'd forget about the thumbs. Uh, I'll <laughs> give it. I'm gonna give it a thumb and a half. God fucking. <laughs> <laughs> you started a goddamn mutiny. <laughs> no gods, no kings, only men. <laughs> Dude, I swear to God, like if if we all meet up in person, like I, you're gonna sit me down just cut one of my thumbs off. <laughs> just like, it's going to be like some weird like pirate scene shit. <laughs> you either walk the plank or you lose a thumb because god damn it. Anyways, um, all right. Um, Zoe, what do you think? I mean, I know you played it five times, so so probably like, what, a meh? <laughs> I was going to give it one thumb down, actually. It wasn't worth it. Um, <laughs> no, it was... Replayability really low. <laughs> I, After the fifth very... time, I decided it was kind of bad. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Life is meaningless. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I definitely really love this game. It's one of those things, like I said prior to um, us really going into the game, that um, each different time I played it, um, I still enjoyed it just as much as the last time. Um, it's just a very beautiful symphonic experience that I really loved, and I would probably recommend it to just about anyone with the caveat, you know, who has an appreciation for art or who likes pretty things. Only because I watched the retired League of Legends player Skara play through this game. <laughs> and I was disappointed because he was drinking a milkshake while playing the game. And during the swelling orchestral bits, he was sipping from his milkshake. So he <laughs> Just that is it, hilarious and awful at the same time. It ruined it for me, so I just stopped. Uh, but um, but yeah, it would just be like anybody who really likes visuals, you know, who's willing to step back from you know hardcore gaming and just have an enjoyable, stress-free experience for once. Um, I would recommend it to you know those that kind of those kind of people. So uh, two thumbs up. You just made me lose some respect for Skara. Oh, yeah. Dude, you texted me like, yo, Skara's doing a playthrough of Greece, And I was just like, I don't know if I even responded, but I was just shaking my head. Like, there's no way this is going to be good. No, like, yeah. there's just no way. Oh, my like, God. Some beautiful visual would be in front of him, and he'd be reading Twitch chat. And I'm like, look at the That's squirt. What I'm yeah, and he's like, lol, Pepe hands or something. And you're just like, god damn it. <laughs> you just focus for a second. <laughs> yeah. Definitely don't want to watch it if some, like, big streamer who's all on the Twitch memes <laughs> is playing it. Because <laughs> it'll just ruin it for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. This is just one of those games you really ought to either watch a silent playthrough, which I think would be a fantastic experience. Or, if you can... Uh, either play it by yourself or watch someone play it i feel like that's the way like this is a perfect example of if you were sitting behind someone who's playing it who was not a twitch personality through and through their soul you would you would enjoy a game like this um but you would get annoyed yeah. by the hands yeah it's impossible not to the yeah, how many hands did your hands have 
you know? It changes from scene to scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's an inconsistent level of thumbs on this person. But anyways, all right. Um, yeah. For me. Um, yeah. I, I would say... Three I thumbs would recommend up. this game. Three, yeah, three. Oh my god! If if I dare stray from my own system, <laughs> then the world is in shambles, James. Um, okay. Yes. Basically, no. I mean, it was a two thumbs up for me. I would recommend this to anyone, and I would recommend this to anyone with a slightly different caveat than yours. I wouldn't say. I mean, like, yeah, I think it's nice to to give them the heads up that it's a different type of game. I would just explain to them in a long-winded way that they'd usually just leave the conversation halfway through. But it would be something on the lines of. There are multiple experiences that games can be, and in the modern day, one of the most popular ones is just hardcore fun, flashing lights experience, like excitement, uh, addiction, you know, like like all of these concepts Fortnite. wrapped into uh, Fortnite or Call of Duty, really, or like, you know, all the stuff that's like actually wonderful and really fun, but that games can be more than that. They can be, they don't have to be necessarily, quote, like aggressively fun you know what i mean like oh my god that excitement level was intense but they can be thrilling and they can be like like it's yeah like sort of what's always saying like a symphony they can be a symphony for the senses they can they can wash over you you can they can be joyous they can be these other uh emotions other than like intense slot machine fun and i I, so i'd recommend this to everyone i would just hope that they would come to it saying, like, this may not be the same thing as getting a clutch in a Counter-Strike round, but it will still be a wonderful, beautiful human experience. And uh, and if they can't have that, then I think that's on But them. you're not going to um, be jumping up and shouting, you know, suck my dick. <laughs> you know, when you beat it. I just brought the color red back to the world, suck my dick. Yeah. <laughs> Bird? <laughs> Fuck you, eel. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, well, actually, you know what? Honestly, if you've already seen the game played through, that could be a really good It could play be a good playthrough. <laughs> Somebody get on that. I was actually, um, I don't know if there was a Chivo, a six Chivo for this, but uh, in the in the Red World, um, there are those little stacked stones that you could knock over. And I was like, oh, well, I got I to gotta break all of them. That's just what I got to do. Um, and so every time I went up, I was like, fuck you, stones. You do that get an achievement great. if you break all of the ones available. Yeah. I just yeah, want to say I miss, I on the record that Chivo is one of the worst words ever invented. <laughs> it's a bad word. Yeah, it's like an achievement mixed with a Cheeto. It's like everything wrong with video gamers' image. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, cool. Um, <laughs> thank you guys so much. This was a fantastic choice. Who is next? It's Zoe, right, if I recall correctly? Yeah, Zoe. Yep, but I won't be here next week, so... Gabe will be the one Oof. who has to pick the game. Oh, wait. Oof. I Oof. thought we just weren't... We're going to do a two-week game. Discord about I thought, this. Yeah, but I thought we were going to do a two-week game. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, here's what we'll do. I'll edit all Call of this out. Call of Duty can be or... a two-week game. <laughs> yeah, if, if we want a two-week yes. game, I think I've got one. But No, I mean, I saw your message, and since I'm also going to be out next week for my birthday, I thought that we were just doing a two-week game. But I didn't mention it on the Discord because I'm an idiot. <laughs> so I'm gonna add that in now. I will, this will solve the also problem. be away next weekend. Oh, hey, a message. Bad. All right, let's wrap this up. Thanks everyone for joining. Uh, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure that out. Um, what a good episode. So great to talk to you guys again. Cue the outro.
great choice. All right, so how about that, right? Um, but seriously, though, how about that intro with, like, just the beauty of Greece and then just, like, the absolute dumpster fire that is our podcast all mashed into one? How could it not be more perfect than that? Um, there's probably a lot of ways it could be more perfect than that. Anyways, um, so we did figure out what game we were going to play next week, um, and in by that week's, next week, we are actually going to skip a week, and we're going to play uh, To the Moon. Uh, it's going to be awesome. So, in fact, it is going to be... Uh, Zoe's choice and we're just gonna wait an extra week to do it um cool I've heard really good things about this game I've actually listened to the soundtrack of this game before I even knew it was a game it just YouTube recommended this to me and I thought it was fantastic so I'm really hyped thanks for listening I'll see you on the other side take care